Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm very well. Um, Good. Yeah. What about you? I am also well. I'm fine. Thank you. I've got Coda lying on top of me, so it's difficult to do anything. But I think this is a deliberate thing. Yeah. No, that sounds very good. That sounds very good. It's very nice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) I've been staring a lot at the Colina Strada website. Oh, tell me. I'm going now. They have this... Um, they have these amazing masks and I, you know, first I wasn't so sure about fashion masks. I'm still not sure what I think about it, but they've got these wonderful ones. I think they're highly impractical. Well, maybe not highly impractical, but it, you know, in the bits that you put around your head or your ears are these really enormously long bows or ribbons ah. and they're really colorful so you have when you put them on you have these massive bows on either side of your head which looks really nice and they make them out of dead stock materials which oh, they lovely. make a lot of stuff off and there's one called um it's got a sort of flowery pattern and i, I really like the name that it's called sistine tomato i think that's so nice <laughs> that's a very good name yeah and um, they're a bit hard to find. It. It's a bit hard when you go to Colina Strada website. You, I think you have to search for masks. It's not in the index. Really. Uh, yeah, okay. it's a, it's a bit of a. And there's another one which has a sort of different. Yeah, they, they have sort of contrasting fabrics for the bows, the other ones, and for the main mask part. And I just absolutely love them. Are they expensive? Yes, they're not. They're not cheap. And it, I think it's sort of the mixture of them being not impractical, but you know, it would take a little, it takes a little longer to put on this mask than another mask. And just right. sort of the thought of me standing in front of a supermarket fiddling for five minutes with my bows. I don't know. I just, <laughs> oh, that's putting me oh, up. I've just found them. Yeah. They're very you. Yeah, they're very nice, aren't they? They're very nice. I, I mean, anything with a gigantic bow yeah. is, is, is going to make me happy. Yeah. They're oh, very good. I like that. Mm, yeah. I feel you would probably need some... Well, no, you could probably get a good bow going, but I feel like I might need someone else to tie the bows to yeah. make sure they were sufficiently I know, it is. Beautiful. That's the thing. But it just, you know, looking at them makes me quite happy already. Oh, well, so. you know, that's mm, good. If, yeah. If you can... If you can do that. No, they're very, very pretty. And I do like contrasts in patterns. Exactly. So I think they do that very nicely. Yeah. My my alternative ego or self would wear lots oh. of patterns. Okay. But I can't I, I just can't quite do it. But well, the I other person can... I'm aspiring okay, to be. The other bitch. The other bitch. Yeah, that I'm aspiring to be. They okay. they will wear a lot of pattern. Oh, interesting. Mm, yeah. Well, I'm quite intrigued. Yeah. I feel we should explore alternative Beatrice. Yeah. Maybe not right now, but... Not um, today. Yes. Not this morning, mm. but on another day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we should go somewhere and try on... Yeah. Different like, patterns. we should go to Duo Oluwu, because his clothes yes. are amazing and gorgeous. Yes. Mm, they're really, Because, really actually, nice. I, I'm, as you know, I'm not a big one for patterns, but I will wear, like, a gingham shirt and a flowery mask and a striped mm. T-shirt, for example. That's I'll do very a little bit. nice. That I'll do a little a, bit. That's a good combo. And gingham is, is the gingham best. Gingham is just marvellous yeah. in 
Does anyone do gingham masks with I was stripy just thinking, bows? I was just thinking the same or thing. Floor? We need to uh, check yeah. this out. We need to check we it do. out. We do. Or, well, you could make yourself one. I could make a really rubbish one that was stapled together. I've sort of been resisting, but yeah, I should really. Well, anyway. you could maybe experiment. You I, could just I, I think I think masks are actually an opportunity to introduce pattern. That's a good point. That you perhaps wouldn't wear. You know, you could kind of build. You could have yeah. your patterns on there. Then you could have a patterned scarf that's different, but toning in an interesting, exciting mm. way with your mask, and then kind of develop. Yeah, that's very good advice. That could happen. That yeah. could be nice. Yeah. But yes, I do like the bow effect. Mm. What's that film? That nineteen thirties film where, I mean, it's a fashion film, and the woman is talking, and she redoes somebody's bow while she's talking and like suddenly it becomes this beautiful thing oh i don't i don't know it i think <sighs> i that can't remember i good. saw it when i was the only time i've been to the of the photography festival that they had oh yeah mm. which was the one curated by christian lacroix and it was it was like mind-blowingly amazingly wonderful and they had these rooms that were all sort of fashion films old-fashioned films and that one was the one I loved best because mm. of the bow being tied. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. I just, it's just perfection. Because people who can tie a really beautiful bow, that's next level. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not. Mm. It's I, not. I can totally get Bo Brummel. <gasps> yes. Know, spending the whole morning and just trying another one, trying another one. I know. Mm. And then isn't isn't his valet meant to have said? And those those are our mistakes. Yes. <laughs> about the pile on the floor yes. of discarded ties. Oh, I can. My God, if I was a man, that well, if I was a man in the early nineteenth century, mm. let's be specific, I would absolutely have just spent my day trying to get the perfect <laughs> cravat tie. So it's probably good I wasn't, because I would have been the least productive nineteenth century man. Well, but then you know, getting a good bow going that's that's you know having done something it's an achievement yeah an achievement that's the word i was looking for mm. yeah 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 and i do love the i don't know if you follow on instagram this is julia for who produced the who makes the the bows the ribbons for like chanel and all these couture oh, houses yeah. and i just find it completely compelling i would love to just go and let if they would let me just see the difference stages of making a ribbon yeah. that would make me so happy ribbons are amazing yeah interesting. yeah they are and oh what else God. has been happening well i mean obviously now i'm just thinking about mirror uh, mirrors ribbons and i'm staring at a mirror while talking about ribbons i'm okay. not looking into it i can't see myself good i just want to make clear that i'm not doing that. <laughs> that's okay because <laughs> <laughs> that would just be creepy and narcissistic <laughs> i'm not um well, Beatrice, I went to see the kimono exhibition at the V&A. Wow. Kimono Kyoto 2 Catwalk. Wow, you got tickets. Well done. Yes, it took a lot yeah. to find tickets. Because I hadn't... As we came out of lockdown, a couple of my students went and told me about it. And they said, oh, it's really empty. So I kind of was lulled into false complacency, thinking, oh, I can just walk up and get it. But it then became kind of a daily thing to look at 9.30 to see if I, they'd released any at a time I could go. 
So I finally got there. And that was interesting because I haven't been there since lockdown, which is probably the longest I've ever not been to the V&A. So that was was interesting in itself. And it's like, it is really empty. Like, I don't know how many people they let in. And I think I went on a, a not particularly busy day. But the permanent galleries were quite empty. And the show itself was fairly busy, but in a controlled and you know, well, mm. well sorted out way. Um, and can I just say, I first of all, I do enjoy it when in a big museum like that, when you can go and look at how they deal with the subject in the permanent galleries and then go to the exhibition. Ah, that's really I find interesting. That, I really enjoy that. Mm. So I don't know if it was a new one, maybe you know, but they've put in the... Um, in the permanent fashion gallery, there's a case that's the cult of the kimono, and I wasn't sure if that was there already or if they've done that as a link to the exhibition. I've but never that was, seen that. No, I thought it might be a new addition, but it was it was interesting because it had, um, you know, it had Paul Poiret, Poshua prints, you know, mm-hmm. from Les Choses de Paul Poiret, and those are lovely to see, and it had three sort of couture versions it was looking at 1905 to 1915 and that was really interesting as a sort of precursor and for thinking about western you know kind of the craze for Mm. japonisme at that time and and kind of how that was done then i went to the japanese gallery Mm -hmm. so that i could look at how they displayed the kimonos there and how they talked about them and it's interesting that there's a sort of section on kabuki so you see these kind of highly decorative, very colourful kimono with masks, for example, which is interesting. So I enjoyed that. Mm. And I looked at the the prints, the, the woodblock prints, oh, yeah. which were actually also some of my favourite things in the actual exhibition as well. Just so fascinating to look at the ways figures are depicted, mm. at the way they give you a sense of movement with the kimono that I found really useful in thinking about the kimono as a kind of embodied experience of like, how does it feel to wear them? So I'm glad I went and looked at that. And I also looked at um, the inro, you know, the, the little boxes. Oh yeah. That, mm. that they carry. Oh my God, yeah. they're so amazing. And I just love, I just love them as a kind of solution to not having pockets. Mm. It's such an elegant refined design solution because just having that little tiny sorry can you hear this dog he's just yes. <laughs> he clearly does not like this and wants to have pockets in his garments coda honestly yeah so they're really lovely and then the little kind of toggle thingies at the top are also amazing and just like the idea that you of tucking that little toggle over your belt and oh the net just just so so beautiful Mm, yeah and how there's like a different they they sort of fit together as a whole but you might have a different little character as the what's the toggle properly exactly sorry Mm -hmm. so they're sort of such amazing little sculpt mini sculptures carrying them on your body and then having Mm. it i just love that and i could i could stare at them for a very long time and of course i had to go and look at the samurai armor as well because because it's just so fascinating mm. and uh, amazing. 
So I enjoyed that. So I did that as my precursor warm-up. That's very good. Very thorough. Well planned. Very thorough. I thought, let's just, you know, let's just do this thing as I'm here. Um, So I was, you know, I was fully prepared by the time I reached the gallery. And I have to say, I found the design distracting of the... Yeah, I looked I looked at what I could find because I'm not I just not sure I'm going to make it. I looked at the images I could find and I I saw that a little bit from the images. Yeah, I think it's too maybe too I don't know that I think it needed to be stripped right back because mm. the objects on display are incredible and so rich in color and pattern in information in meanings that it was distracting to have bright colors and kind of props that were meant to suggest japan i think just weren't needed because it's just so interesting what's there and and the kind of journey you're taken on through the galleries although it 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 sort of looks like i i agree with the colors but what i did think was it, it looks like inside the showcases there isn't much else and I no, thought that exactly. was nice no, you're right and I you're right that the, was the nice. actual cases are very beautifully set out and mm. really interesting selections of things put together to yeah. suggest connections no you're absolutely right it's more the kind of exterior yeah that mm. needed to be quieter mm. um yeah so so interesting like the first section takes you through like obtaining kimonos and um, the different kinds of kimono. And it's really interesting because you get such a strong sense of the way that class and status was kind of woven into the kimono in terms of the fabrics and the colours and the decoration. And I did, going back to what we were just saying, I did become kind of obsessed with the combinations of patterns within a particular display case that was so harmonious Mm. and it gave you a sense of like it was making me imagine a crowd of people or a street yes Mm. of everyone wearing these clothes and just how beautiful and incredible that would look Mm. because because a lot of the kimono is shown on are shown almost as like a 2d hanging yeah so that you see the t-shape and you see the complete decoration from the back and it's really interesting to think about how kimono are kind of created thinking about back and front you know that i know that sounds very obvious but the kind of importance of those two as kind of flat areas of pattern but then they get kind of slightly not distorted but altered by being wrapped on the body and you get this sense of amazing kind of narratives on the body from the kimono there were two that were really beautiful um for young women that had it was almost like a river running a meandering river down the back. There was one that was like a swirl in deep blue of this kind of river and then another one that was kind of coral colour curling down the back and like spilling onto the floor where it where it, you know, it's longer yes. and hits the floor. Which was just extraordinary and or like a flock of birds flying across the back. And also you got a really good sense of the layers of pattern and how tactile they are that you might have like shibori you know the little tiny delicate tie dye that that they do Mm. in japan but then that layered with say um 
embroidery and they're in bright colours and then gold embroidery. And it's so subtly done. There's such attention to minute detail. And I read, because I got the catalogue and I was reading about how, you know, you would sort of have the fabric and the shape and then it would be sent out to all different artisans to create these layers and layers of pattern. And it would take sort of several months Hmm. to create a kimono. So really fascinating and beautiful. And I really love the little quilted band at the bottom that yes. kind of waits. Mm. And like, I didn't I kept know thinking, about that before. Isn't it amazing? Mm. And I love the thought of, again, like people in a room with that on and, and how it would slow down the progression of the fabric as they walked. Yeah. That would be so beautiful. I am not very good. I should have looked up because, you know, I what I did, I sort of just looked at the photos and then they yeah. put um, five films on YouTube. It's the um, curator, uh, what's Anna Jackson. Anna Jackson. Yeah, so she's taking you through the exhibition and they're quite long, each one. They're like seven, eight minutes long. Oh, and that's good. So you get a good view, I should say. Yeah, you get quite a good view and I... Obviously, I don't know how it compares to reading the captions and the panels, but I, mm. I thought, yeah, I'm sure if I if I went now, I'd, it'd be much better experience yes. for me. But why was I saying that? It had something to do with the padding. She does talk about. Oh yeah, what I was gonna say. She does talk about how they are often like in this exhibition displayed like a work of art, and that that is a bit misleading. And but that they're so fragile and you can't really put put them on mannequins mm. oh that's um, really interesting yeah because i think i think if if there was something i would have liked more of it would have been more of the kind of physical experience of putting on yes the kimono it would have been nice to have seen the layers because it's really interesting you know where you have kimonos like one of my favorites was going back to our discussion earlier once again hat was navy and white kind of big gingham with with like a paisley trim to the sleeves and the hem which was an under kimono for a man so he wouldn't have oh, yeah. worn something like that mm. outside and i i loved the way you almost had like secret messages that just belonged to the wearer yeah that were underneath mm. and this and then you know the the self that you're presenting outside and this sense of of just such intricacy and pleasure in dressing up and getting dressed I think is expressed through the kimono you know just the the layers there's such attention to detail in every element and every layer that there's obviously it's about status and things like that but I think more importantly it's about taking pleasure in different kinds of textiles and different patterns and the feeling of those against your body I really it was amazing see that what I would love to know and I'm really bad well I'm I'm totally useless actually with the different periods like Edo and yes and but I I wondered I I keep thinking about 18th century mantuas and how they also you know displayed the fabrics I don't know how some of the early ones compare in terms of you know when when they were from I just would have liked to have seen next to each other Close, close from different areas. Yeah, I mean, I think if you can go, you hopefully you can still get a ticket. But Mm. yeah, that is something you get 
I think very well in the early in the first gallery because you have a sense of different periods and and also which is is like one of the the key points about the exhibition is Japan's fashion system if you like and I think you know I think like the first textbook kind of addresses this and maybe could have developed it a bit more because it's so interesting and important to think about Japan from a Japanese perspective not just a mm. western looking at it and thinking does this match how we do fashion and comparing like that I think it's so subtle how the fashion's changed that it's not to do with the shape it's and cut it's to do with the colors and the decoration mm. so I think you do get that very strongly and I think that's so important and I think it it makes you think really interesting thoughts about the idea of what fashion is and how fashion manifests and like this week with my MA students I've been talking about we've been talking about modernities and two of them did really good presentations on this exhibition and and they were using Sheila Cliff's discussion of of the kimono in relation to ideas of tradition fashion modernity from her book on the kimono and it you know they did such interesting presentations and I think they were really you know in the book she really talks about different ideas of what fashion is and how it's so nebulous the idea Mm. of fashion and how since particularly like Jennifer Craig's book The Face of Fashion you know that really took down the idea of you know sort of static tradition Mm. outside the west and showed how problematic it is and I think you know in the exhibition you get this sense of as I said just such interest and desire for all these layers of meaning and layers of pleasurable sensations from clothing that you see how incredibly rich fashion is or was I should say in the kind of 17th 18th Mm. 19th centuries before Japan opened up to the west and so and there's amazing like the artworks are so are so fascinating there's like really interesting ones that show you a sort of very rich woman an aristocratic woman choosing oh I um, love that they talk, oh, so yeah, good. they talk about that. At, she talks about that at length uh, in, oh, in the in the video, and yeah, and they show details, which is really nice. So lovely, and and I love um, one of the students chose that woodblock, and also another one that sh- it's a woman returning from a bathhouse, and you just get. I love the way you get the sense of how the fabric was kind of bunched up when you walked to, if you had to sort of move more quickly for example mm. and the kind of action like the gestures and pose and the way the body you'd hold yourself if you were wearing a kimono mm. and the the one that I love most that I know you love too is the one of a woman descending stairs yeah that is so nice. Oh, my God. Mm. So amazing. I'm trying to find it in the catalogue to stare at it a bit more. But it's just so brilliant. And it's from the 30s. Let me just find it. I've got it on the screen. It's from 35. Yeah, and it's and it's big. It's like it's life-size, pretty much. And it's just amazing. It's it's like the, because the kimono she's wearing is like vertical strips of different pattern, mm. different colour, it is like this amazing modern study of movement on the body. And I, you know, it's wonderful the way you get the kind of way that the kimono and the material and her sleeves kind of drape and bunch up around her as she moves. And then the action of her 
putting on her gloves, the little clutch bag, even her fox fur stole. It's so interesting. Yeah, and that she has nail varnish. You know, it's just I just yes. love, love yeah. the combination of of yeah the Japanese and other styles sort of combined. Yeah, and I think I think you get that really strongly, and I I think something I really found amazing as a subtext, if you like, is that like there's a whole big section that's on West, like of of Japan opening up to the West and the kind of you know kind of 17th century amazing oh yes mm. adaptations of the robe for the western market mm. and then there's also really and that's really interesting and then you know, like western couturier referencing japan and that's really fantastic and lovely to see i it something that i liked the mentions of and would have liked more of but i know you can't fit everything in is you know the influence of india and china on Japanese fashion and and, and 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 also the way it's reciprocal that it's all two-way traffic and the way that sort of Indian textiles bring different colors patterns textures Chinese silk brings other references in and it was making me think like for my BA dissertation I always had a history degree but I my kind of third year specialization was art and architecture and I was so fascinated. I did this dissertation on lacquerware and the influence of the East India Company in bringing in different influences and techniques into back to Britain, but also mm. how kind of China, India, Japan were all creating patterns both for their domestic markets and for the for export, Western markets. Yeah. And, and it's just so interesting thinking about the different kind of trade routes and the different sets of designers working in all of these different countries thinking both about what the people around them want to wear or have in their homes but then also what will appeal to the different markets yeah. that they connect with so I really found that really fascinating and also the kind of Dutch influence from the Dutch East India Company mm. and the kind of little um like Dutch people figures that they made for yes. the Natsuke. Mm. They were really fun. So really, like, I think within the section that was, I can't remember what the title was, but, you know, the connection to the West, you got such a sense of this kind of explosion of global references through trade and connections, but then also how different countries respond to these influences mm. and the different ways that they're connected into. So there's like Victorian dress from Europe that's just really using the fabrics and the patterns but is remaining true to, to European dress ideas. And then the reverse of that where there's kind of Western influences coming into Japan. It's really fascinating as a kind of a sense of this really strongly national form of dress that alters in very specific ways, but also the kind of global impact of J Japanese design mm. and the reciprocal exchanges of ideas. Yeah, that it sort of comes out a bit in one of the videos, but obviously yeah. you only get a glimpse of like you know three things in a gallery instead yes, of sure. all the all the rest. And that that gallery also has it has the Poiré, doesn't it? which I, yes. I love. It's so one beautiful. of the all-time great. Mm. Because that, I think, because they don't 
they don't really deal with appropriation and I can understand why because it's such a difficult thing to define and discuss in Mm. detail but I feel like that is the quintessential example of something which is where you can see Poirot's kind of deeply thinking about what the kimono is and Mm. then translating it through that appreciation and understanding and I think it really comes through in the design and then the illustrations that were made of it it's so extraordinary that Mm, yeah what year is it I don't know um it's one of the highlights they have it's um, amazing just the color alone takes you 13 13 Mm -hmm. it's just amazing and the kind of how he's looking at how refined the kimono is already because it is such an incredible piece of design just the basic shape and form but he's reduced it still further Mm. and the way it sways and drapes on the body is just incredible and the color yeah and the reference i guess it is a reference to the obi the um yes bow type thing on on the yes yeah it's really extraordinary no that is i think for me the ultimate kimono inspired design it is just extraordinary oh oh i do really love it there's there's like a mirrored room which i found it i don't know if it was just the number of people who were in there or what it was i found that really quite distracting the mirrors but there were amazing things in there that were kind of pre during and put and during the second world war had these amazing men's and boys kimonos that had references to popular culture on them (laughs) and also you like the machinery of war so like one has got Mm. you know airplanes and tanks and there's one that's got like a sort of battleship in under kimono so again it's these amazing i know maybe that one is a outer kimono but like it's sort of saying it's kind of almost connected to like like samurai images will be placed with contemporary military. So yes, there's this huge paint battleship coming out of the back of this kimono. You know, there's like a fleet and, and um, war planes circling. It's really extraordinary. Yeah, that, that I don't amazing. think that does come up. So I haven't seen that. It's really oh, interesting. To, um, yeah, really fascinating. But also what, what I was going to say is, there's been some hesitations even sort of where I work in putting a lot of stuff online because there's sort of worry people won't come then. And I think it it's sort of almost the opposite. I think every time I did look, every time I did look at an exhibition online, it's the opposite effect. I really then really, really, really want to go because... Exactly. Because no, they, I, I, yeah. they, the people who do the video, they concentrate on things that I might not, you know, I see something in the back and I said, say something about that one, say something about that one. And then they don't, you know, and I would have liked to have known about that. So A, they don't necessarily concentrate on what you would found most interesting, but also, yeah, it's just a snapshot. And and as you know, yeah, that I know that's old hat, but particularly with dress, it's just, it's just such a different thing seeing it, seeing the real thing. Oh, it really, really is. And no, I completely agree with you. And I think especially now when there's so many interesting webinars going on connected to exhibitions it's almost like you get hungrier and hungrier to see the real the real exhibition i i think i mean i think it is changing just the fact i was thinking as i went round, wow i remember 
being really glad when I saw the the exhibition they did a few years ago on Indian dress and textiles that I went to a press to take pictures but I don't think you were otherwise that now it's like it's no question of course you can take pictures Mm. no I think the circulation of images just encourages you I really do and and it's really good they've done those those videos I I kind of deliberately didn't watch them because I wanted to kind of experience Mm. it but I will watch it now some of the students had watched them and they do sound very you know very good for and it's always good to get the curators view I know again that sounds like blindingly obvious but it's so interesting because there's so many things you don't pick up on necessarily that were really meaningful it's almost like when the designer talks about their collection you think oh that was what influenced that um it's it's really good to be able to have that and also to have it as an ongoing resource yeah I think what Um, what is interesting now that you just say that I I probably normally would I would normally maybe expect someone also to say a bit about why they put it together in the way they've done and I don't think I don't think that comes out but maybe that's more like a sort of another curator wanting to know and maybe 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 they feel it is obvious in how it's sectioned is not the right word you know and how yeah 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 no it, it I think it's just it's such an important and fascinating garment and just so interesting to see so many examples together. Mm. Just that, the simplicity of that yeah. is, is so important and interesting. And I didn't really look at where they were all from, like which connect collections they were from. I actually, I had a little, I had a little bit of a look, and a lot of them mm. are actually V&A, which are, is amazing. Right, that's good. But there is another collection called the Kalili collection, and uh, where's that? Um, this is a. Um, a philanthropist who has this right. incredible collection of not only kimonos, all sorts of other things, but wow. on on their website there are quite a few that they're really beautifully photographed. So I wasn't oh, aware of that no. collection before, but um, no, no. And I don't know how many of of the ones are from there. I just saw one was from that collection, and then I had a look at the website. But I guess it's partly also what they feature, what the VNA will feature on their website. I guess is primarily their own. Yes. So yeah. um, I probably got maybe got a wrong impression. I mean, it's interesting as well, isn't it? That I think is it still the case? I think it is that the kimono, the, the Japanese dress, isn't in the fashion collection. It's in the Japan collection. I suspect so because I mean, the uh, Anna Jackson is the keeper of the Asian department. Yes. So yes. I suspect. But that... that's really interesting in terms of the way clothing is categorized and thought about isn't it yeah that, mm. that, that certain certain types of clothing are placed within a ge- geographical yeah department rather than a type of objects department yeah some sometimes i mean we have that sometimes weird uh overlap with you know some things are made out of jackson uh, out of textiles but there might be a protest banner but then they're still part of the dress and textile collection. Right. So that's another, you know, a diff- very different kind of categorization. But sometimes that's happened. People do it by Yeah, by it, the it's material. interesting though, isn't it? Because it's, it's kind of, it's historical to each museum, but also to the ways different kinds of objects and different, places have been thought about yeah. historically mm. and then obviously it's a huge undertaking to 
alter the formation yeah. <laughs> of collections and that that would be kind of mind-numbingly yes. difficult mm. but it's very interesting and it's interesting in relation to this exhibition which is you know picking up on I don't know like 20-25 years of scholarship about the kimono as a fashion a fashion garment and so it crosses between the fashion and the Japan the Asian departments yeah. within the museum it's really interesting thinking about the kind of structures within museums yeah and true. then ha- like an exhibition can kind of overcome in inverted commas those kind of silos of information and objects yeah be interesting I will have a as my uh, a task, I'll, I'm going to have a Aye. look at the collection section of the V&A and see, you know, yeah. where things are put. Where they live. Yeah, where and they live. And maybe also the Met. I suspect it yeah. might be the same at the Met. Ah, interesting. Yeah, that's good. Well, it probably is because there tend to be a more ethnographic and anthropological approach to non, non-Western objects in the past, isn't mm. there? Yes. And so they were, they were looked at. Because I always... I don't know if you can actually get to the textiles rooms at the, at the V&A at the moment. You probably can't. But I always really liked those that it became global in an interesting way that that was because of collection policies, yes. really. Mm. No, it's very interesting. Well, that's a, a lot for us to consider. Yes, a lot to consider. Yeah, and thank and you for walking me through. But... You're welcome. Thank you for telling me about videos. Yeah. So, so I learned about the possibilities of video. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> All right, I'll All talk right. to you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.